These days, goth can mean anything from wearing all black outfits to being overly emotional on social media. But before the internet happened, goth meant something very specific. A brief history of goth. by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on Alright everybody, welcome to episode 304 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I'm your host, in the place to be Mr. Jacob P, and sitting right across from me is the beautiful brown recluse Mr. Art Trail. Art, say hello to the millions. What the fuck is going on? Guys, guys, uh, go to cavemancoffee.com. I'm just going to put a picture of fucking Christopher Walken. Like, guys, 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 go to Caveman <laughs> Company. I can't do a good Christopher uh, Walken can I, impression. But every time, I think that's the second or third time where I say guys, and it does sound Christopher Walken-ish. <laughs> but that's like the only word I can say as Christopher Walken. <laughs> um, but guys, <laughs> go to CavemanCoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got the coffee beans. They got the hibiscus tea. They got cacao butter. They got everything. Uh, your heart will desire. They got nitro cold brew in case you're like trying to like kick the uh, the old uh, what are those like energy drinks? Yeah, dude, we took years off our lives drinking that shit when we were working at Target. I know for a fucking like shitty ass minimum wage job. Yeah, to be like there at till this, like this, midnight. This can was worth a whole hour of fucking hard back breaking labor. Yeah, just yeah. for them to like push us harder to get toys done or some yeah. bullshit. Anyways. Guys, go to kmatcoffee.com. Do your body a favor. Don't drink energy drinks. They're bad for your kidneys. Um, use cap coffee, but you know, even if you're like, hey, I don't want to get all jittery. Hey, they got the decaf too. Let's say you don't even like that, but you just need something a, a little bit refreshing. Guys, they got the hibiscus tea. Use promo code America at checkout to receive 15% off. Tell them your boys aren't Jacob's entry. We got a message about Caveman Coffee the other day. Um, I want to say it was on the Instagram. It might have been on the YouTube like or whatever, right? No, it was asking, it was like, how do I know this is good coffee? And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of disgusting when it comes to making coffee. Like, I, I'll make a fresh pot of it and whatnot and drink it. But for the most part, I'll, I'll get some caveman coffee. I'll grind that shit up and I'll make it. And I wait for the next day, like when I go to the gym in the morning or, you know, just that, just like I have a pot ready to go or whatever, right? Yeah. It's so good that like you can drink it cold and it tastes good. 
you can save it for the next put it in the refrigerator save it for i know that's disgusting and probably real coffee drinkers are probably mad at me player hating on me or whatever you can warm it back up in the microwave and it still tastes good like so that's my fucking sales pitch for caveman coffee you can it's still good even when it's not fresh yeah that's how you can tell if it's a quality bean or not yeah i don't know dude i've been a keurig head for a while so like i think they i don't know if they make Keurig versions of it. They should. Yeah. But you know what I wanted to get into? Like those like cold presses. Oh, the French press? A French press. Like that looks so cool. I'm so jealous of people that do that. Like that's like commitment. And then you can do that with K-Man Coffee. So yeah. like that is like, dude, I, I want to do that. My girlfriend doesn't let me. <laughs> but, <laughs> Why? But, you don't clean up the like, dishes. We got Keurigs. <laughs> you know, it's like. Let, but, me, but let me be a goddamn barista. Yeah, that looks cool. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of sponsors, guys, I need everyone to head on over to SucreApparel.com, where the great and powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch has an illustrious array of merchandise for your consumption pleasure. No, she doesn't have coffee beans that are good uh, the very next day or in the refrigerator or in the microwave. Uh, but she does have a really good selection of T-shirts, uh, hats, uh, it, you know, a bunch of things with her designs slapped all over them guys uh saint patrick's day is coming guys and like i said uh, let's start a thing let's buy somebody you love want or desire uh some sucre apparel guys head on over there but before you hit checkout guys i need everyone to enter promo code art and jacob and nicole will give you 10 percent off your entire purchase but guys we're not here to talk about french presses or all the illustrious merchandise uh the very gothic and wonderful nicole smith bosch has put together for your ass art what are we here to talk about today we're here to talk about, you know, we're here to talk about goth music. That's like that's that's what it, you know. If it's funny, because if you look up goth music, like let's say you're gonna try to cover this topic, like most topics, right? Yeah, it shows up as the word goth rock. Yeah, which I had kind of an issue with because I was like, that's funny to me. Like it's 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 that's an outdated term in my opinion. Yeah. Um. But let me ask you a question. We oftentimes start with questions. Correct. In your development as a youth, as a human being, what was your first and and what was your first like thought of the first time you came across like the phrase goth or goth music or whatever? Yeah, just the whole subgenre or yeah. subculture or whatever. Yeah. The Undertaker. The Undertaker. You saw the Undertaker and you were like, that dude's gothic? I, I didn't say it, but gone. Jerry the King Lawler sure did. Oh, yeah. And so, and it's funny because as I did, and then you come around, you know, you actually meet people who are goth or uh, you get more familiar yeah. with the music, the subculture, whatever. You look at The Undertaker, he's more of a cartoon character. But when you really get into the, 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 the grind of it, the, the meat and potatoes. Yeah. The meat and potatoes of it, right? The Undertaker's probably almost like the, the character, at least, not yeah. Mark Calloway. He's like a Blue Lives Matter motherfucker now. But yeah. The character of the Undertaker is probably the one of the most gothic characters of all time. Yeah. So w- I had heard, like, I listened to, like, Marilyn Manson and, like, Nine Inch Nails and all that stuff, you know, growing up, like, from, like, my junior high years to, yeah. like, whatever. So that's what my perspective was for many years of, like, what, like, Mar- Manson's goth, dude. Like, that dude, like dude wears makeup and like dresses all the in same, black. But same here because yeah, we like, kind of grew up in the same generation. Yeah. Right? I think it wasn't until like my senior year of high school where like we had an English class and 
the class president was in in my English class, and we had an assignment where we had to like do a pick a song or pick a poem, and like、mm-hmm. we had to read it or like you know read it or play the song with it or whatever you want to do. And we were talking about like what sick ass English class. Yeah, and we were basically saying like you know what 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 uh what about that song like like you like or whatever. And when I picked I picked Deftones. Nookie. No, <laughs> I, I picked Deftones. Um. A、digital bath because I was like,、yeah. that's not a heavy song, but it's not a hard song. It's like it's heavy. It's, it's like, whatever. It's I was like, let me pick that song. You know that that way, like you know, it's one of, like one of, one of my favorite bands. But I specifically remember our class president who was like a like you know blonde. You know, probably comes from a well like mom like mom and dad middle class like maybe upper middle class home or whatever. You know, she was a. Pretty like likable person, like she wasn't like super preppy or anything like that. But I remember like she picked a Cure song. Wow! And I remember thinking like, and then I didn't think much of it because at that point I knew who the Cure was, but I just thought of the Cure as like, yeah, it's like an eighties band or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she like kind of went on this thing about like how like she's like a really happy go lucky person, but she really likes the Cure because they're so emotional and like they're you know one of like the quintessential like goth bands. And I was like, what? Like it like shattered my brain. Like I was、yeah. like. Because I had never heard like the Cure be attached like to me they're just like it's silly to look think about it now like it's like dude that's like Duran Duran dude it's like <laughs> like like I did not associate them with that but the same yes, yeah yeah and so like you know she played it and I was like yeah I guess it's like kind of like emotional I guess like he's kind of like just whining yeah so I was like okay whatever like I didn't think anything of it but it was like that first time that I was like mentally challenged to like. <laughs> <laughs> to like be like break the mold. Careful now. Yeah, and I was like, I was challenged to like, like my idea was always like Manson, Manson Nine Inch Nails, that sort of stuff, stuff that I was into, you know, like, and I was like, well, that's kind of different. Like it was, it was a different vibe. So that was like, you know, that's my first experience with something that was like labeled as like a goth band,、mm-hmm. which like Nine Inch Nails or Manson, I don't label them as goth bands even now, then. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I don't. Right. Yeah. But at Manson maybe where I'm like, ah,、oh, that dude's trying to be goth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. But in high school too, we did have a goth ki- or I should say a spooky kid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The metal lunchbox. He had, you know, he looked like Mar- he looked like tw-、uh, Twiggy Ramirez and whatnot.、Yeah. Right. And、um, I remember I befriended him because a lot of people hated on him because they were like, "Oh, you're you're a school shooter or whatever." And I was like, "Fuck that! I want to befriend him because if he does bring a gun to school, like he's gonna let me live.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'll be your getaway driver or whatever. Right?、Yeah. Call me Ryan Gosling in the movie Drive, man. I got a scorpion jacket in the closet. Just、yeah. let me know when to bust it out, homie. But anyways, like I remember talking to him about that stuff. And I've I've been on record of I've never really enjoyed Marilyn Manson's music per se, but he was obsessed with it. And I remember there was、um, one of his friends. It wasn't his girlfriend, but it was a girl who was his friend.、Uh, I remember we were having like a conversation. Now I'm very like I was into like classic metal at this time. I'm wearing a Black Sabbath shirt now, right? It's probably the most gothic shirt I got or whatever, right? And we we're discussing like the differences、uh, between the music that we liked. Him obviously being more of a Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson for,、uh, fiend, I guess you could say. And I jived with the the, the Nine Inch Nails part of it. And then his friend was talking about like Susie and the Banshees, Joy Division, The Cure,、uh, Bauhaus, which he called Bauhaus, which I, that's what I went off of for years or whatever, but、mm-hmm. called Bauhaus. And I remember her saying like, "No, this is real goth." And they would have like little arguments about what was goth and what's real goth and whatnot. And I'm just like kind of playing the outside, like, "Hey, dude, you, 
I really like Metallica's third album. I really like the guitar work or whatever, right? Yeah. But anyways, like that's when I was introduced to, I guess what's called trad goth or traditional goth music is when, mm-hmm. you know, she came like into the picture. Yeah. I, so yeah, my high school years, like we didn't really have a lot of diversity. <laughs> like it was like the Manson kids or whatever, like kids that were like into like corn and stuff like that. Like yeah. it, it's kind of weird because like goth, like, you know, people like, can be labeled as like, oh, that dude's like a goth dude or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we've covered other musical genres, but nobody goes like, oh, dude, that dude's a new metal guy, you know? Like, yeah. you're I a guess rocker. You, I guess you could, but it's like, or like, they're just like blanket statements. But like, goth is like- Very specific. It's very specific. Like, you, you um, like, I feel like you can be into like certain elements of goth. Like, you can just be into like horror movies or like- mm-hmm gothic novels or something like that mm-hmm. and then like or just like to wear a lot of black or yeah like the emo kids like when we covered emo yeah. music they take a lot of cues from goth and people will confuse an emo for yeah, a goth I, I, I feel like that's the that's the that's like the the tough thing like fashion wise like it has its own thing like it, clearly there's fashion with like musical genres but then there's like dudes that are like porcupine tree like all those like sh- my opinion kind of like kind of shitty bands where it's like I don't fuck with those bands that are like dudes that dress like in like top hats and like monocles and like dudes like that like that to me is like that's fucking like what's like lame ass like white dudes like yeah i don't fuck with that like that's to me is like not goth to me like that's just like dude you just got too much time you gotta go to bernie man or some bullshit like that that's not the kind of like goth that that like i find intriguing um but yeah i mean like i think Fast forward a couple of years, I was I've always been into like Nine Inch Nails since I was a little kid. But like fast Same. forward a couple of years, I remember I think they were touring on the Slip and they were doing a kind of a collaboration with the band TB on Radio, mm-hmm. and um, and which is like dope. I look it up, like it's amazing. They oh, do yeah. they do a cool collaboration with like Nine Inch Nails, TB on Radio, and the other dude that they brought out was Peter Murphy, and I was just like, who the fuck is this like old man like? <laughs> <laughs> like this like balding old man comes out and he's just like has this amazing voice is just like like it's just like i just felt like so many people rip off his voice like yeah to this day and it's just like then i heard him come out and do like a cover of reptile like if you, you look it up like peter murphy doing reptile he does a bunch of other nine chanel songs with trent reznor where like trent reznor basically says like you know what dude i'm gonna let you sing my songs because like your voice is like fucking amazing <laughs> so like that's how I, I was just like, dude, who the fuck is this Peter Murphy, dude? And, like, right away I was like, Bauhaus is, like, the fucking shit. But this is, like, many years later. This is, like, the slip era of Nine Inch Nails. This is, like, uh, I want to say, like, 2007-ish, where I was just, like, first, like, got into, like, Bauhaus and all that shit. And I was like, dude, this is, like, legit shit. Like, th- everything this dude, it's, like, touches, like, turns to gold. Like, what's that album they have, like, Burning from the Inside? I just, I was just listening. To, that shit sounds so good today. Like, you know, and we'll get more into the origins and all that, but I just wanted to give a shout out to, like, Peter Murphy because I don't think, like, goth in general, the way we know goth <coughs> today would exist without that dude's, like, voice because there's something that's specific about his voice being, like, mm-hmm. darker than even, like, what Robert Smith sounds like, even though Robert Smith is probably that other, like, big goth voice in the mm-hmm. genre. I think his voice just sounds so, like, unique unique and like what a vampire would sound like i think <laughs> there's a uh, four or five different versions yeah. of that but yeah like and then like speaking of like robert smith 
like I do feel like it does like morph into like you know a previous episode that we did about emo music, right? Yeah. Like he becomes like proto emo or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that you know the Cure are emo, but they're proto emo, right? So yeah, because yeah. they were the foundations for that genre, but he was, I guess you could say like one of the pillars of the genre of goth or whatever, right? So I guess uh, let's jump into it. let's go let's let's do this shit. Yes. So um. I, when you think of the word gothic, obviously you think of like, you know, kids wearing, you know, dark makeup and fishnets and whatnot, right? Uh, but the the term gothic actually comes from, I'm just going to do this really quickly, but like, you know, it's German, I guess, mercenaries, you know, that brought, that helped bring down the Roman Empire for a time has nothing to do with, you know, darkness or anything like that. Uh, but that, that's where you get the term gothic. Uh, fast forward, uh, you know, quite a few years uh, later, I'm going to paraphrase the shit out of all of this, uh, because it doesn't have anything necessarily to do, uh, with the genre, but, uh, it takes a lot of cues from what's called Gothic fiction. Now, Gothic fiction, you know, you know, novels and whatnot, uh, a lot of that gets heightened. Yeah. This is like the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and like, yeah. Dracula, or no, Dracula comes later, but uh, during uh, 1816, uh, which was called the Year Without a Summer. So what happened is uh, Mount Tambura, uh, which was a volcano, had this gigantic eruption, and the Earth Earth's temperature decreased by one degree on average. So think of, you know, you got your tropical regions and whatnot. That all went down, and then, like, places like in Europe and shit, like that, all that shit went down by like 20 degrees. So it all averaged out to like, you know, one degree, which was a big deal, which created like all sorts of food famines. Obviously there was a year without a summer. Uh, so you had people like Mary Shelley and Lord Byron and, you know, later on Mary Shelley's, you know, spouse, uh, they were huddled up instead of, you know, having a frolic, you know, for the summertime or whatever, having a picnic like Toontown in Disneyland. And whatnot, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were, you know, camped out in their houses or these very dark gloomy castles uh trying to scare each other with ghost stories and stuff mm. and this is where you get gothic fiction mary shelley obviously being famous for writing uh you know frankenstein uh and then lord byron being famous for writing the vampire and then from there you get all sorts of uh other you know famous gothic fiction such as sleepy hollow a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe. Even previous to this, you had the Castle of Antrato. You know, probably fucking that up. And also other writers such as H.P. Lovecraft and whatnot. So this is what's called gothic fiction. A lot of spooky, scary yeah. stuff. Go to our buddy Sam Sheeran's uh, website. He, he makes fantastic paintings of all these people, whatever, right? And that's the, that is the groundwork for what becomes that's goth. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. I, yeah. I, I like a Edgar Allan Poe painting. That'd be cool. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know about H.P. Lovecraft. That's like... That dude's like borderline, like fucking like Halt Hitler bullshit. Like, <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't know how much you know about that guy, but he's like, yeah, that's an questionable. Yeah, that's an that's an episode <laughs> waiting to happen. But anyways, yeah, he is considered a gothic fiction. Uh, fast forward, you know, you also have gothic art and architecture, uh, which concerns itself with a lot of Victorian and Edwardian and Belleroque, uh, you know, style and whatnot. Uh, also classic horror films such as, uh, you know, Dracula, you know, Frankenstein, the mummy, think of universal monsters or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of that, uh, I mentioned architecture and art, uh, Gothic art, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a picture I found like on the Wikipedia, which kind of sums it up perfectly where it's like a lady 
who committed suicide by drowning. That's considered gothic art. Then you look at like all these gothic cathedrals or whatever, where it looks like a place like where fucking Dracula would live or whatever, right? Yeah. So all of this is kind of like early foundations for you know the gothic subculture that we would become familiar with in the late seventies and early eighties. Yeah. I mean, I guess the term gothic is like. The ambiance, right? That's what we're looking for is like the ambiance of like, this is dark. This is macabre. This is like not something that's like, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein has that dark macabre thing. Mm -hmm. Edgar Allan Poe, dark macabre. You know, it's just like the raven. It's dark. It looks like a in your mind it should invoke images of like a Tim Burton movie. You know, like you've seen (laughs) the Sleepy Hollow movie. Yeah. That's a very gothic style like looking movie. Correct. So I think, but as far as like music, you know, no one had really been like, this is gothic music. Mm-hmm. Maybe like old composers back in the day with like the dun 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 dun, mm-hmm. like where it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, it has that gothic vibe. But, you know, like fast forward to like, you know, like now it's like the rock and roll era. Yeah, now everybody's like, great balls of fire. You know, it's like no one sounds gothic. You know, there's a couple little elements with like Arthur Brown and things like that where it's like, yeah, there's a little bit of theater or like, there's a monster in my lab, whatever the fuck that song is. Like, the monster mesh. The monster mesh. You know, there were little elements of like, yeah, I guess that's macabre in a weird way. But, but it's very like, cartoony. Yeah, yeah, it's a cartoon. Like, you know, that to me, those are like the predecessors to like what would become like Rob Zombie down the line. You know, yeah. like. It's still fun, but it's like, no, it's, that's not serious. Yeah, art. there's monsters, but it's like goofy monsters. But then too, like like that gothic stuff, yeah, you, it does invoke image imagery of like the macabre and, and whatnot. But like, it's also beautiful. Like I want, like I want to keep saying that. Yeah. Like, there's also a beauty to it as well. It's not just ugly and dark, like you know, like a Slayer. You yeah, know, album I, cover. I think that's the difference between like, you know, those guys, those guys' music and like the you know, like the Monster Mash. Like that's more going to like a spirit Halloween store. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cartoonish. It's dumb. It's like you know materialistic it's a hit song for you to play on the radio novelty yeah it's a novelty as opposed to something like the writings of a mary shelley or edgar Allan poe like they're beautiful the architecture of gothic architecture it's dark it's beautiful yeah yeah. it's like it's a little more thought out and beautiful than you know the materialistic monster mash or going to (laughs) spirit halloween store yeah Um, or i mean like i mentioned like a slayer (laughs) album cover where it's just like it's ugly and which has its what's that cannibal corpse album cover where like one of the skeletons is like eating out the other skeleton or whatever (laughs) like that's i feel like that's more like let's just do some shocking shit like it's a little different than like yeah like i don't consider that to be goth like no it's it's just like there's a bunch of shocking shit like yeah shock rock or whatever right uh, but musically, yeah, uh, you have to, I mean, you can go back, I mean, um, you can debate this all day. And that's a common theme also with goth. Like, they're, they they will debate all the nuances or whatever. So this is going to be a very general narrative or whatnot, right? Don't come at me, goth community. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, like, musically, I kept seeing this come up as 1956, Screaming Jay Hawkins, I Put a Spell on You. Yeah. Kind of, it is kind of cartoony or whatever, but it's, it's, it's a great song. And it does lay a lot of foundation for what later would become goth, you know, with the theatrics and the romanticism. Yeah, it has a lot of, like, the the shock rock. So, I mean, that's one of the weird things to me. Like, there's elements, and this is where, like, the big debate happens, where, like, I see him coming up and, like, he does things like he would come out of a coffin during his, like, performance of Mm -hmm. that. Like, he fully goes all in on that shit. Mm -hmm. Which, again, like, you know, that all ties in closer to, like, what, like, Manson or, like, Rob Zombie or, like, that's sort of, like, 
you know, Alice Cooper element of it where it's like, that's more that element, <clears throat> which is like, you know, I'm trying to scare my parents kind of thing mm-hmm. as opposed to like what was already happening with something like a Susie and the Banshees where like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the doors were the first band to be like, and that's labeled. where I was going to go. Cause I think for me personally, when I look at everything, like all the information and this is a term that was coined by uh, rock critic John Stickney, like when he went to do interview the Doors in like a wine cellar, uh, he called he called it a perfect room to honor uh, the gothic rock of the Doors. When I think of the Doors as music, I do think of it in the same way as I as gothic architecture. It's not you know all black and you know wearing fishnets or whatever, but it's very dark. It's very it has that romanticism to it. There's a lot of beauty in discussing dark elements, you know, mm-hmm. like every, they, they keep citing the, you know, the song, the end, but that whole first doors album and everything after that, it is dealing with a lot of dark, uh, you know, subject matter, but in a very beautiful poetic way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's no secret. Like a lot of Jim Morrison's lyrics, they're all tied in with like his obsession with death, his obsession with like, I guess emotion in general and like the power of like love and death and all these things, you know, it might sound cheesy in like today's standards or whatever, but like a song like crystal ship, like dude, that song is like super fucking goth. Like the the (laughs) dude's like literally talking about like, like falling asleep and like dying basically. And like, you know, just like the romance in that it's like, dude, that is like right up there with like an Edgar Allan Poe poem. Yeah. So I definitely agree. I've never thought about that before. Like I, I, I don't associate like the doors as Gothic, but I definitely get it. Like yeah. I definitely understand. Proto goth. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, I get it. Like this is pretty goth, I guess. So, like mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. And then I guess you could say too, uh, also to people like the Velvet Underground. I didn't see this, you know, yeah. personally, but they cite a lot of songs like such as All Tomorrow's Parties as being, you know, a gothic masterpiece per Kurt Loader mm-hmm. of MTV News fame and whatnot. Uh, but to me also to fast forward into uh, later on, like artists like David Bowie, especially during like his Ziggy Stardust and Thin White Duke and, uh, you know, Three Penny per- Piero era Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm probably mispronouncing all that shit but i can see it and also people like iggy pop you know you mentioned alice cooper uh brian eno and roxy music like Mm -hmm. a lot of those bands have like a lot of elements which would later become incorporated into goth music specifically david bowie's voice and jim morrison's voice like we Mm -hmm. mentioned you know earlier with robert uh, smith with the, the the cure like that voice that doesn't happen if you don't have people like david bowie and Jim Morrison, you know, laying down the foundation. Yeah. You know what? It's like, it's a voice that like the voice has to carry the emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, like, if you listen to the Beatles, <laughs> like the mm-hmm. Beatles are more about harmony. They're more about like putting a good song together. And I think they have good voices, but I don't think any of their voices, like, you know, this is not a shot. I'm not trying to have Beatle fans come at me or anything like that. <laughs> I think they're fantastic musicians and they have decent voices but like there is something dark about Jim Morrison's voice. Like yeah. Crystal Ship, perfect, perfect, you know, song. You know, you, you think of like those David Bowie songs, even all the way I remember the first time I heard, I think it was like the Heathen album by David Bowie. I was like, oh, dude, yeah. his voice is like very like dark. Like it sounds dark. And I could see how like you know, people were like kind of blown away with it by that like his voice doesn't sound like it would work well on a Beatles mm, or song American or American Idol yeah you yeah. know it, it's 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 
different. It 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 it, it hits you differently. And a lot of those, like those two guys, they were kind of influenced. This is off the cuff, but uh, especially Jim Morrison, like his biggest musical influence was Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. And like, if you listen to like a Frank Sinatra album, like it's that, like, dude, hit me with like emotion coming from your voice. And like, obviously, Frank Sinatra was ripping off a lot of like black artists too that were like, you gotta carry this shit with your voice. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to see like white artists do that and like do it with like more of a melancholing like sad you know vibes like talking about death like david Bowie, some very dark vibes too like i could see how like you know like it was more like the goth lead singer was born with those two guys's vocals and this is like even if you're talking about ziggy stardust era or whatever like david bowie he just looks like and sounds like a fucking vampire (laughs) <laughs> Jim Morrison, he was actually, and it was in West High. I want to say it's the Rainbow Bar and Grill. You go upstairs, and it's called the Vampire Club, which he was a member of, where it was just kind of like a drinking circle, but they would call themselves the Vampires of West Hollywood and whatnot, right? And they would go up there and drink. It, 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 just, it just seems like like that whole imagery of like you know Bram Stoker's Dracula, those two guys kind of embody it, and they look and sound like it. Two totally different individuals, but both... <laughs> they played a vampire, which David Bowie did in The Hunger. Like, yeah, you, you're taking a lot of cues from them because they both represent. They could be in interview with a vampire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they both definitely fit the the bill. Fit the bill, yeah. Um, should we talk about Susie and the Banshee? <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like that's like the next progression, right? I mean, yeah. well, it, I guess the next progression. Yeah, you do have this, uh, you know, you know, David Bowie influence. Uh, but then, you know, we do got to talk about punk rock music, you know, punk rock. Well, that, that's kind of where I, I feel like, because Susie and the Banshees to me is like, this is where punk rock is. Like, punk rock is definitely like the music of the of the edgy youth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but punk rock, definitely not gothic. Punk rock is a little bit more rebellious, a little more like in your face, like anti-government, like let's fuck things up, like drugs, alcohol. Like that was the vibe of punk rock. Mm-hmm. And, like, Susie and the Banshees, like, that vibe was pretty much, like, piggybacking off of what punk was doing at that time yeah, period post-punk, already. post-punk, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it is definitely post-punk. And, like, you know, their elements and what was happening in, like, Jamaica, because a lot of this is going to go back to, like, what's... I'm glad you said that, yeah. You know, at this same time period, Jamaica's doing really well, and, like, Jamaican people are immigrating to, to London and bringing Jamaican sounds over to that side, which the the music was reggae, but also like like dub music. Which dub music, if you listen to what it is, it's like it has this like, like it has like this very echoey, hollow sound to it. Mm, reverb, reverb. It sounds like it's like delay. Re- yeah, yeah, it sounds like it was recorded on one side of the room, and you're on the other side of the room, and In it's the like Grand Canyon or it, some shit. Yeah, and it very. I don't want to say like it's like cool music to like chill and smoke weed to because it kind of fucks with you like sound wise. But I think this is the first time like a lot of these like punkers were hearing this, like punkers from like England or whatever, like hearing this and being like, this is kind of different. It's kind of a sound I've been trying to find for a while. Can you imagine if we did this with like some punk elements and like, you know, there's, there's other like branching elements. Even if you listen to a band like the specials, like the song ghost town, Mm. the way ghost town starts, it sounds very Gothic. The, like that's very goth sounding but it's like you know it's it's not a goth band like the specials are you know you know ska like first wave ska band but like 
other bands were like, hey, let's do this. Let's maybe try tweaking it a little bit, a little more of that reverb, going with a little bit darker lyrics. Let's see where this takes us. Yeah. And that marriage of all those things, like the punkers trying to find this, and now there's like this Jamaican influence with like reggae and dub music coming in. I'm glad you said that because I noticed that a lot too, like listening to like what's called, you know, you know, trad goth, like the early yeah. goth music, like, you know, of Susie and the Banshees and Bauhaus and all that shit. And I was like, Dude, this is like a lot of like, you know, Jamaican dance hall music. And yeah, music. no, li- listen to listen to those al- records and how like hollow they sound. And I mean hollow in the sense that like the recording was better than it could have been. Like Doors were doing like some high quality shit at this point. But like this sounds like they decided to go with more of a lo-fi hollow mm-hmm. sound to their guitar work to kind of create a, a, a moodier atmosphere. Yeah. And um you know that's where that a cavernous atmosphere. yeah that that kind of started to like invoke that thing Susie and the Banshees with like the look of what a goth is yeah and really Bauhaus with like this is what it's this is where we're going because we're going dark we're going yeah. like we're talking about death now <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know uh, Bella Lugosi's dead is like the the like anthem that's like changes everything so it's kind of percolating for a while like post-punk you know know, late 70s 77 78 or whatever with Susie and the banshees and all this stuff but you're absolutely right like when Bauhaus releases bella lugosi's dead like that's like okay this is the template that has become goth yeah it really is like okay like there was before corn and after corn like you know blind comes out and like fucking gets rid of like now we're going new metal kind of yeah. thing, you know, or like Nirvana puts out smells like teen spirit, like eighties rock. You're done. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's that vibe. Like Bauhaus puts that song out and it pretty much like now there's goth rock. Like mm-hmm. now we know what we're doing. And what's funny is, is like you listen to interviews with them and they're, they were basically saying like, it's more of a tongue in cheek kind of thing, but they did it so serious that people took it serious. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's like, I think even though like it, you know, it is kind of a goofy song, Mm-hmm. Because it, it's talking about like the actor who played a vampire is dead. Like it's just kind of like it's it's weird. It's a really long song too. Yeah, it's like nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you had other acts that were already like contemporaries of, of Bauhaus that were like The Cure. Like The Cure was not a goth band. It had a interesting sound, but they were more like a post punk kind of band. I would say like I don't want to say new wave because I guess you'll get shot in the head by a goth, a goth person. I guess yeah. you call them like dark wave. At that yeah. time, which is, you know, like Depeche Mode kind of. Yeah, I would say that that's a little bit further down the line. But I, I would say that they're like post-punk. In their early years, they would be like a post-punk thing or whatever, like British post-punk. Correct. And then, um, you know, once that hits, like, the cure, like, you know, say no more. Like, you oh, know. We found we found our calling. Yeah, it's like, kind of thing. oh, well, this, uh, this fits our vibe. You know, like, I... I'm not a big Cure guy. I do think that their best album is Pornography. Like, I was just listening to Pornography this morning, and I was like, this is, like, by far their best work. <laughs> like, like, it is their darkest, in my opinion, it's, like, their darkest-sounding album, and I, it's, like, the one of the few albums by, by The Cure where I'm like, all right, I can fuck with this from, like, start to finish. And, like, I know I know there's, like, a Cure army. My girlfriend's, like, a huge Cure fan. and really? that's Yeah, so it's, like, there's a huge Cure army, and I'm sure they're going to hate this episode. But, like... That that is, in my opinion, that's like their best work. And, and sorry if other people think it's, but I think it's like really dark and gloomy. It hits you right off the fields with the, the dark and gloomy thing. But they changed their sound, like they went with more of the goth sound after that. And they, you know, to tie it back into like 
me in high school where I'm like, goth, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> they sing like Friday I'm in love and like, <laughs> like, like, which, you know, like is a big hit song, but like, I don't know. I just, I did not associate them with being goth, like, yeah. you know, at that time period. Yeah. But I mean, you, you get, you know, Bella Lugosi's dead in 1979 and then Bauhaus, they also release what's considered the first through and through goth record in the flat field, uh, which uh, it's like you, you look up like not even like being one of the best goth records, but like just records in general, like when Rolling Stone throws yeah. like the best albums of all time, it usually lands pretty high. So it, it's a very influential just in general. Uh, like Art said, you know, then later on, uh, The Cure, you know, they put out records like 17 Seconds, Pornography. Uh, then you have also bands away, coming from Australia, uh, The Birthday Party, uh, and also Nick Cave and The Bad Seed. Uh, then you have like Nick Cave's another dude that's just like I didn't know who Nick Cave was. <laughs> to, like I thought Nick Cave was a solo artist for many years. Oh, so I, did I. Yeah. I knew the name and I was like, oh, Nick Cave's dope. Like I like Nick Cave. I didn't know he was part of this generation of like goth up and comers. Pretty cool guy though. Yeah, uh, but then you also have you know uh, bands like that. Like I can't get it. the lines get blurred a lot uh, when doing research. You know, Depeche Mode comes up. Uh, modern English, like that band that says, I stopped the world and met with you. Yeah. Like they come up as like quasi goth, but it's like that, that whole era where it's starting to find its sound. Like, yeah, you have Bella Lugosi's dead, which is very much, it ha- it has like a punk vibe to it. Like, you know, like it's it, the sound of it. If it had a smell, it would smell like old vinyl, you know, in a downtown record store and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but then it starts to kind of like get into this uh, danceable element to like the new wave was riding at the yeah. same time in well, the I early mean, 80s. Keyboards were, keyboards were becoming a thing and like... And synths and all and that. synths were becoming a thing. And like, I think that's where like the, the thing, it kind of like, it's the difference between like, like, I guess like Rage Against the Machine like are they a new metal band like it the the line becomes kind of blurry because a mm. lot of those bands were like synth pop or like synth rock or dark wave or whatever like um they didn't push all their cards into one yeah yeah, yeah yeah like but i i think that there were like there's a couple like hidden masterpieces in there one of the albums i did want to highlight a lot was the uh, the katu twins the garlands album like that to me is just like it came out it's kind of they're never going to be viewed as like a cure band or whatever like a cure level band or like a depeche mode or something like that but dude that album like the first i i heard about them because deftones covered one of their songs the wax and wayne song on that from that same album and then i went i was like i've always stuck by the gun that like dude if deftones covers you like deftones just did you a favor because they just did it better than you (laughs) but this is like one of the few exceptions where i heard the song and i was like fuck dude like this is better than what this is better than what Deftones did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this sounds amazing. Like that album just sounds like super goth. Like, yeah. it's so like dreary. Like her voice is just like sounds like it was again like going back to that dub sound where it's like it sounds like it was recorded in like an empty basement or whatever, and uh-huh. just like you know people are like dying around her or something like that. Like it's just <laughs> it's super goth sounding. I love it. Like mm-hmm. I just love that album. And it, yeah, again, like I said, so you get like this whole like new wave, which they dub dark wave, which is yeah. goth adjacent kind of thing, which brings a danceability to the genre. And I think this is, yeah, you'll probably have like, you, you know, music that comes out, which is important and la- like, like early punk 
which lasts like one or two years, but then it's kind of over. But to kind of get like a scene and a culture going, like you have to have, you know, food, dance and, you know, fashion around it. And I think having that dance ability mm-hmm. really helped the movement grow from here. And you get clubs that, that pop up around England. Mind you, this is a very English fucking movement that's happening at this time. You have clubs called like the Bat Cave, which was kind of like a hub like a weekend club, but a hub for all things goth. If you wanted to know what was going on, like in the scene and like what the progression was, you went to the Bath Cave. Yeah. Fucking Robert Smith, you know, the guy from fucking, you know, Bauhaus, like all those guys, like they would meet up at, you know, the Bat Cave. Yeah. And it was like their dance club. And to me, like when I was doing research on this, like when I thought of goths, I always thought like, oh, those fucking nerds that like played the flutophone like in the marching band or whatever like oh they they want to be ostracized from society they want to go do their own thing and do like stupid quasi satanic rituals no actually they're the same people as you know you know the people that go to regular mm-hmm. clubs they just like look through the world through darker sunglasses yeah. at night and so like yeah you, you of course you want to have like a beer or wine or whatever and go dancing on the dance floor and that's what the bat club was it was a place for all these misfits to meet up and share thoughts with like-minded individuals. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, like, all right, another album I want to highlight in this same time period is uh, Unknown Pleasures by Joy Division. And it's just, like, that's one of those, like, monumental albums that's just, like, you you can't, like, not talk about goth without talking about that album. Joy Division, yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, Joy Division, just, you know, shortly-lived band. Mm -hmm. But, like... It it changed the scene, and it's a pretty kind of dancey album too. Like it's it has like a little bit of that punk vibe where you can like shake your shake your body, <laughs> but it's like it's kind of dark, it's kind of gloomy, and like it reminds me of like American Psycho kind of like. And and, it, and I saw a lot of parallels with Joy Division and Nirvana. Again, mm-hmm. they changed the genre that they were in. They released a fucking monumental album, which is still like on every top 500, you know, yeah. albums of all every time. Every fucking hipster owns that album cover yeah. on a shirt. That t-shirt, yeah. yeah I, I I own that shirt and I, I'm i embarrassed to wear it because I'm always like, dude, I'm going to get lumped in with every fucking hipster that owns a fucking Joy Division <laughs> shirt that's never even heard Unknown Pleasures. And, and it's didn't, like, his, didn't the lead singer, like they committed suicide too, just like Kurt? Uh, I believe so. They, you know, they turned into um, New Order, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's, that's not a bad thing. That's like going Nirvana to Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. It's like, oh, we're just going to come with a new band. It's New Order now. It's like <laughs> also a monumental band. Yeah, also, yeah, like their yeah. their fucking hit big hit single goes to, <laughs> you know, you know, uh what's it? Uh Blue Monday. Oh, yeah, Blue Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Fucking um Orgy, Orgy covers covered them. Yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. That's a that dude, I listened to Blue Monday not that long ago and like that shit still slaps. Like the original Blue Monday. Both of them are awesome. Yeah, both of them are awesome. You know what's have you seen the movie Atomic Blonde? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, so yes, like yes. they do the band Health. Um shout out to Health. We got to get them on the podcast. They were down to come on one time and some scheduling thing happened where they couldn't come on. But they covered it. They have a soundtrack the song on that soundtrack where they, you know, Blue Monday's on there and I love their version of Blue Monday. Yeah. And like I, uh, anyways, I think when I think of like that goth era or whatever, like, you know, that movie takes place in like 1983, I think, which is like the height of these like dance goth clubs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, dude, that must have been dope because you have all these like hot goth girls like dancing. That's these- what I fucking was going to say, too. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's a big thing, too, with goth. Like, this is also, too, like, where it starts to get like, I don't want to say it's <laughs> uniform. Yeah, yeah. But like, like we were saying, like, with the music, like, it does concern itself with like beauty. The fashion as well. Like, I don't care if you're like a big sloppy fat girl or a big sloppy fat guy. Once you start wearing the goth quote unquote uniform, or whatever, yeah. 
You can get a little bit hotter, man. I don't care. There's, you, there is something about it. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. and that's where like you know where like shit like breaks into like different genres. You know, down mm. the line, I think there's like you know you had like the porcupine tree fans or whatever, <laughs> like dude with top hat that's like wearing a monocle yeah. and trying. Like that's one. Like I don't consider that shit goth. And there's always like the fucking neckbeard goth dude or whatever. Like that's you know whatever. But uh, I do think, like, this time, you know, pretty hot, hot goth chicks, you know, even now, like. Oh, know, yeah, you see a goth girl, yeah, they're yeah. all gothed out, or whatever, like, like, you're kind of hot, girl. Like, even, like I said, even, like, if you're not conventionally attractive. Oh, you go whatever, from a 7 to a 10? Oh, immediately, dude, yeah. yeah. And, and then <laughs> for the dudes, too, like, I inter- you saw Interview like, with a Vampire. Yeah, dude, all yeah. of a sudden, it's like, Brad Pitt, Luke, that's Brad Pitt. Mm. Fuck. All right. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I, I get you. I get what you're Definitely, saying. Definitely, dude. Shout out Katrina Jade. But anyways, <laughs> uh, but what makes goth music goth music? I guess you could say. Obviously, you know there was a danceability to it, uh, but it, there was a lot of minor chords, and it was also very bass driven. Going back to you know Bella Lugosi's Dead, that that's a very bass driven song. Like the the main melody is played by the bass. Whereas, like, the complete opposite, like, with, like, you know, metal or even, you know, early rock and, mu- rock and roll music. It was all driven by, you know, the, the guitar. The guitar was the driving force behind the music. Flip it around, goth, you know, the deepest, darkest instrument is the bass. And 99% of the songs, whether it's a new goth song or old, you know, goth song or a proto-goth song, it's driven by the bass line. And I think, like, that was like, oh, okay. And it's a lot of reverb, a lot of space. Uh, it deals with a lot of dramatic and melancholy issues. You do have a lot of sadness in there. Not necessarily. It doesn't always have to be sadness, uh, but it does have. That is a common theme. A lot of nihilism, dark romanticism, uh, tragedy, and poetically introspective music. Whereas, like traditional rock music, would talk about boy meets girl, girl meets boy, the fall in love, and whatnot. It's country right? music. Yeah. Whereas this is like, okay, why is why did this happen? What did I do? Kind of thing, like kind of looking into yourself. And I think that's the big difference. Like it's a smarter lyrical genre than like a basic rock song. Yeah, absolutely. It is a little deeper. Like you know, I think not to keep bringing up the Cure or something, but like the Cure's <laughs> lyrics, you know, very influential to my favorite band, like Deftones. Chino's talked about like the two dudes that he tries to like copy when he writes lyrics are Prince and Robert Smith. Like those are his two like musical like lyrical idols, and like that's why there's a whole lot of fucking in Deftones music because <laughs> it's like these two dudes were like romance and like sexual tension and like elements of darkness. It's all in there, and that's yeah. what Chino likes, and that's what Deftones music's all about. And so like yeah, I mean you hear you hear something like like the cure and it's like it's it's smart it's it's deep but it's not a th- it's not like straightforward it's not you know giving you like i met a girl she broke my heart you know like it's yeah. not like some bullshit like that it's just like it's open for interpretation and lets you be the you know mm-hmm. you fill in the blanks and you be like it's like you just watched inception you know like it makes you think like it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit deeper than than the, you know the typical like one plus one equals two thing. Correct. Yeah. So I yeah. dig it. It is a smarter genre, and even I always reference the uh, the 
the Christian documentary Hell's Bells, The Dangers uh-huh. of Rock and Roll a lot. I thought you were going to say Fernando Benansuela. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> May you rest in peace. He's still alive. Oh, he's still alive? Oh, dude, my bad. <laughs> it's a Spanish commentary. Oh. Uh, but no, uh, you know, it's a documentary that's, you know, warning, you know, parents about the evils of rock and roll. Yeah. But they even give goth, there's a whole section about goth in that documentary as well where they talk about Bauhaus and why they're so dangerous because it is a smarter genre, you know, than, <laughs> yeah. you know, your average, like, mom. Motley Crews that were out there during the time or, you know, uh, you, you mentioned this a lot, like when we talk about metal music where it's dealing with a lot of like Dungeons and Dragons imagery or whatever, like, no, this is actually smart, poetic music. I do think that that's where like, you know, you had your your Motley Crews, right? In which like on paper, black shirt, big hair, makeup, or whatever, how is that not goth? Mm-hmm. But it's more like a, I just want to scare parents thing, right? Or you had your like, Metallica's where it's like, dude's like also big hair, you know, cut off sleeve, black shirt, like, you know, like, how is that not goth? But that's a little bit more like, there's like the thrash metal dude or whatever, yeah. like, you know, that's more like, oh, we're, our lyrics are inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. Like, you know, it's like, don't take like, we're talking about like Cthulhu and shit like that. Like, we're not talking about like committing suicide. Sometimes, you know, every once in a while you have a song. Fade to black. Yeah, you have like a suicide song, but it's not the driving theme of like mm-hmm. Metallica or like a Slayer or something like Slayer a little more like, here's a bunch of shit that like will scare parents, like mm-hmm. play this shit backwards type of thing. <laughs> like, like, but it's not the driving theme in goth music. I guess that's the driving theme. The mm-hmm. ambiance is consistently dark. The subject matter consistently dark. Like it's, you know, you're rarely going to get that cheery, happy song, which every once in a while you get a cure song. That's like, yeah. Well, that turned out well for Robert Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, no. I mean, like, Depeche Mode. Like, this is where I kind of struggled because there's clearly this this era of goth where, like, we can all agree, like, Joy Division, like, you know, Katu Twins, like, you know, all these bands that were, like, clearly Susie and the Banshees. Like, there's for sure goth, mm-hmm. you know. And then something kind of happens, like, down the line where it's like, is that goth? Have these elements been too cross-pollinated where like you know there's like a little like cartoon video i don't know if you watched it on youtube where it talks like pitchfork yeah yeah and like they talk about how in the 90s like the movie um the crow comes out and that's pretty goth and nine chanels is like really popular and that's really you know that's gothic and like goth kind of goes mainstream in the 90s like Mm. where it's just like now it's in movies now it's on you know on the shelves like now you can be goth like you know like you can look like trent reznor too like like why not do it and like mm. paves the way for like dudes like like marilyn manson and things like that where it's like now it's a little bit like like what is goth like one of the things that i thought was kind of interesting i'm a big fan of the band portishead and like portishead never comes up like I've, i don't even think anyone's ever really been referred to like I, portishead I saw, as goth i saw that like i guess on their second album they start to move into a gothier sound or whatever but it was like literally like a two second blurb about that yeah i mean like i th- like I, I think that they've the sound wise like they've always had like it's dark like it's never been cheery like it's yeah. never been like it's not cheerier than anything the cure ever did or or bauhaus or anything like that mm-hmm. but like they never get lumped into that i think they're you know it's like trip hop for sure. We do a trip hop episode. We got to talk about Portishead, but it's like at this point, like there's elements of goth and metal. There's elements, you know, we're once we go into the nineties, yes. I mean, like, you know, and I think the biggest band that's responsible for that 
is the Sisters of Mercy. Because before mm-hmm. that, before them, I want to say, and I thought it was just me, you know, being, you know, ignorant to this genre. I, I, I texted you. I texted our buddy Ben, who pretends to be goth sometimes yeah. on the weekends. Uh, <laughs> I was like, dude, this, this, this fucking album is fucking amazing, you know? You, and you sent me that, and I agree. That shit, it sounds like so many new goth bands. Like, there's a band called Youth Code. And like even like health like like modern Floodland. and we're talking about the album Floodland right yeah, yeah. and it's like you, you sent me that I listened to that. I was like dude this sounds right up there with like a band like Youth Code or whatever uh-huh. like where it's like this is or like Soft Moon like shout out to those bands if you're into like modern day goth like or like uh, dark wave or whatever you want to call it like they kind of give that vibe the other band that I had no idea and if anything good came of covering this topic is I had never heard of the band Christian Death. Oh wow! Yeah, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah, dude, Christian Death, amazing, dude. Like I was blown away. Like I was like, this. Apparently, they're like the Godfathers for like American goth. Like mm-hmm. they were like the first band to be credited as like an American goth band. Dude, they are amazing. And what's weird about it is like everything that we've been talking about up to this point, like even the Sisters of Mercy, Mercy. It's either you're super English or like you. I think Cocktoo Twins, like they're from Germany. I want to say. Yeah. Correct I think me so. if I'm wrong. Uh, and then you have like some from France or whatever. It's very much a European thing. Mm-hmm. But something happens like kind of like in the mid to late '80s, where and to me this is like it, it's it's wonderfully beautiful and and auspicious that this is a time before the internet that it caught up so fast to America. You have bands like in New York and L.A. that were making things that were rivaling things that were coming out of Europe at this time. And you mentioned it too, like the uh, you know Christian. Uh, Christian death, Christian death, and uh, I know the cramps are more psychobilly, whatever. But they have yeah, like a lot. Of I saw them elements. on there, and I was like, I, dude, I I don't consider them goth. I mean, I, 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 I consider them like there is goth. Yeah, there is goth as Rob Zombie's goth. Dude. Yeah, like, but there's goth elements. But then like you have bands like you know Forty Five Grave, uh, you know the Misfits. I think they're more goth punk. But okay, then you got uh, Southern Death Cult, which I mean they're English or whatever, but. Uh, there's this big movement called death rock, which is pretty much it's America's answer to goth rock, but it all kind of like, you know, like you said, cross pollinates and reimagines the whole genre and whatnot. And to me, like when I was going with like the sisters of mercy, it was like this perfect jump off point where it kind of separates, you know, the old, like early eighties, like goth to, you know, where it was going to go from the future. Cause I think like, that's another band where it's just like, this is what goth is. And this is what everyone is going to replicate from uh, the Sisters of Mercy. Oh, okay. And it's like, they're so good because they pay tribute to, you know, your Bauhauses and your Joy Divisions and whatnot. But then also they inspire bands like your Nine Inch Nails. They inspire bands, you know, later on like uh, um, Typo Negative and Him and Paradise Lost and White Zombie and Manson and Ministry and all these things that become goth metal. Yeah, and at, but the, at the same Dude, time, I, I hate that him is labeled as goth metal. That, yeah, I, I do too. Hate that band. There's a lot of bands in here that like I'm like ah, oh, I don't like this shit. But like Sisters of Mercy, like it's like to me like it was a band like I had never heard of. And then when I go on to the YouTube comments and I'm watching, you know, Lucretia, My Reflection, and all this shit, it, like there's all these people like, man, I can't believe I went my whole adult life and childhood without hearing this band, and they're more goth. Than like the goth bands I listened to growing up, dude. That's how I felt about Christian Death. I was for the, so. Here's the thing: when I heard, well, I was going through this whole thing, and I was like, "All right, American goth. Let's see what they're talking about here." And it was like Christian Death, dude. That sounded like Napalm Death to me. Like yeah. I was like, this band should be touring with like that. And then I was like, let me listen to them. 
and listened to them, and I was like, oh, my fucking God, dude. This is brilliant. Like, this is so fucking good. I, w- I fell in love with Christian Death. I later found out that the lead singer hung himself. Yeah. And, like, really sad. But it's, like, um, fucking just terrible. Like, I, I sucks that he's passed away. Like, I honestly think he could have been up there with, like, the Peter Murphys and the Robert Smiths and, mm-hmm. like, the goth world of, like, you know, like, the big four or whatever, you know, the Mount Rushmore of goths. But um, that sucks. I mean, I guess he still could be because, you know, his music's still around. It but forever, yeah. But, um, but, you know, I wish more music would have come out. But, like, dude, I, that's one of the one of, one of of the whole things about doing this topic. If there was one good thing for, for me personally, I was like, dude, I'm glad I found that band. Cause that Christian shit, Death for you yeah, and like Sisters Christ- of mercy, mercy for me. Yeah, dude, Christian Death was like, fuck it. For the most part, I want to say, like, I knew, th- I was surprised how much of this genre, like, I already listened to or whatever. Like, I haven't checked out The Nuns. The Nuns are another band where I was like, I saw the, the name of the band. And I was like, that sounds fucking sick. Like, I like that name for a band. So, like, that's another one that's still on my to-do list. You know, mm. we only had a week to put this together, but, like... Kind of a week. <laughs> yeah, kind of a week. But it's, yeah. like, you know, like, that's another one. I guess they're more like a goth punk band, but, yeah. like, The Nuns, like, that shit sounds dope. Like, that's one I still need to check out. But definitely Christian Death. Super happy that I yeah. came across that one. Yeah, it's cool that, that we both organically found something that we liked out of it. Because there is a lot of stuff, like, that doesn't jive with me. And I do think, like, it's important because you were going there with this. Like, this is around the 90s. This is, like, where goth becomes mainstream or whatever. And you yeah. start to get, like, the term poser gets thrown around a lot. Uh, shout out to this uh, YouTube channel by her name. I think his name's Cadaver Kelly. Or she has, like, all these videos about what it <laughs> Cadaver is. Cadaver Kelly and Copper Kelly should do uh They should get married. They should get married. Yes. Yeah. The Kellys. And yeah. then have a sitcom called The Kellys. Damn. Hey. You're welcome, everybody. Is she hot? Yeah. Is she hot? Yes. She's gothic. Of course <laughs> insert, she is. Insert that Pablo, the, or not Pablo, what's his name? The dude from Napoleon Dynamite. Is she <laughs> hot? Pedro. Yeah. Is she hot? Yes, of course she is. Very beautiful young yeah. lady. But um, yeah, she had a, like a whole video series about, you know, elitists versus uh, posers and whatnot. And this is, I think, like where you kind of get like this, this era is the early 90s because you mentioned it. Like you get like movies like The Crow and then you know, popular bands, you know, during like the alternative explosion, they start to, you know, even like Smashing Pumpkins, like they have like a lot of goth elements to them and whatnot, mm-hmm. right? And I think like that's where like the confusion about what's goth and what's not goth like kind of like enters the mainstream. Before this, like you did have like characters like um in The Breakfast Club. Like there was that girl like that was darker or whatnot. Like that was what your goth oh, used to look like. I, th- I thought you meant the uh, the hip hop morning show. <laughs> The Breakfast Club. I was like, "What is Charlemagne this?" Going? The, Charlemagne the God. Okay, yes, I am familiar with the movie The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah, the girl that does like the yeah, whole, the one that does the dandruff. Yeah, yeah, it's just disgusting, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get some Vidal Sassoon or whatever. Yeah, you it was do. the '80s, dude. I don't think like Head and Shoulders was that like. I think that's on. the prime of Head and Shoulders. Oh yeah, yeah, like Selson Blue. Yeah. Was that still around? Yeah, Lever to get all your 2,000 parts. Yeah, yeah. That was around when I was Dude, two. the day that I found Selsun Blue was like a life-changing day for me where I was like, thank God. Yeah. Finally, Selsun Blue. <laughs> no more fucking yeah. cornflakes yeah, coming yeah, out dude. of my scalp. Uh, but anyways, yeah, this is where you do get like this uh, confusion about what's goth and what's real goth and then people being goth for a weekend kind of thing. And yeah. it does put it does put like real goth like on a back foot. Also, too, this is in the midst of the satanic panic where, like, anything dark, anything of the macabre is considered satanic. So they're always, like, on their back foot trying to defend, like, their subculture. And I think it is important to note, like, where it's just, like, 
I mentioned, you know, the Batcave earlier, where it was kind of like this safe space or haven uh, for like-minded individuals to be at, like that started to become under attack. Fast forward to like 98, 99, like when, you know, the Columbine shootings were happening, what were they blaming all that shit on? Bands like Marilyn Manson, bands like fucking, you know, Rammstein. Bands that they didn't even listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking, you know, bands that had like kind of like that gothic look. So that like during this time, they're all always on their back foot having to defend themselves. Yeah, you know, this is around the time period that like, I guess now we can talk about like, you know, we were in there like we, you know, early 2000s, late 90s. Like I remember that that era and like, you know, at least for, like, my high school experience, like, you know, Bakersfield, not the most, like, you know, no one was talking about, like, Bauhaus in high school, you know, like. If it, they were, it was, like, one, like. It was, like, the one dude that had, like, an older uncle or, like, older brother or some shit like that. Exactly. That was, like, introduced him to Bauhaus. But, like, for the most part, like, you know, like, the goth kids were, like, also, like, you know, the new metal corn kids or, like, they were also listening to, like, Linkin Park and, like. <laughs> Like, there was just not a, like, there was, you know, like, you would be, like, if you were the dude that, like, dressed from, like, bl- like a black shirt, black pants, you know, like, black hoodie, whatever, you were also hanging out with, like, the insane clown posse kids. Because, yeah. like, there just wasn't a lot. Like, you were basically just the outsider kids, you know? Mm. Like, at least in, in my age group or whatever, like, if you oh, went to high school yeah. in, in that time period, like, you just have to, like, you're just all outsiders, like, just fucking, like. Group yourself you know, together. Whether you like The Cure or Insane Clown Posse, you're hanging out, you're sitting at the same table tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, it's, it sucked, but, like, you know, fast forward to today, you know, like, where we are right now with, like, goth. Like, I think we've gotten to the point where, like, goth is cool right now. Like, goth is, is a, is a cool genre to be, be on, you know, like, um. You have shows like that, Wednesday Adams show. Exactly. And, and like, this is why I brought this topic to you because obviously my kid's obsessed with anything Tim Burton mm-hmm. and it had like that that thought in my head, like what is real goth? Where does goth begin? Where does it start from kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a palate clean, cleanser from like whatever serial killer or true crime topic we were uh, discussing at the time. And any of that palate cleanser because it's like, yeah, my kid's two and a half or no, he's three now. And he fucking is obsessed with a lot of dark shit. And it's just like, where does that just come from, right? Mm-hmm. He has mom and dad that loves him to death. He's not going to be a school shooter or whatever. And, it, I mean, some people are just drawn to dark things, you mm-hmm. know? And it's not necessarily bad. It's just, you know, I, I like dark shit, too. His mm-hmm. mom likes dark shit, you know? And it's just like, it, it, we're, we're tax-paying Americans and shit, you know? But, yeah. like... I do think like that you get with the satanic panic, you get like ostracized, you get pushed out if it isn't fucking rainbow bright or Barbie and Ken kind of shit, you know? And I do think like that ostracization creates atmospheres where there's bitterness and whatnot. You do get like, you know, the Columbine shooters and I'm not blaming the music or whatever. I'm blaming society and whatnot. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't think there's anything wrong with liking things like that. I, you know, it's like the same, we we have friends that are obsessed with horror movies, and they're good people. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't make them bad because they're not watching fucking, fucking the new Jennifer Made Lopez. Manhattan. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So, and I think that's what it is. It's just like, and I th- I do think it's important to have places. You know, like, and I'm, I know I'm referencing the Batcave, which had like a, a shelf life of like a year or something like that. But it is important to have like those places where people can go that are like minded and whatnot and build this community. And that's basically what the internet is now. That's why yeah. it's that's why it's cool now because it's yeah. like well I think it's cool now because it's like we we live in a social media age and like 
you can be goth for the weekend or you can be goth at Club Sinister or whatever and like then go to your like, you know, Monday through Friday job where like I think there's people that are like full on like real goths like Oh yeah, our buddy Sam Sharon, yeah. Yeah, that are like that like that person like is goth like from like from the morning they wake up, like there's no hiding it. Like I always think like I think I think Janelle listens to this show who's like she's I think she follows us on Instagram or something like that. But she's like really goth. Like I always think like when I think goth, like I think like you're like really goth. Like you there ain't no sugarcoating this shit. Like yeah. you're um I don't know if you know her, but um but she's like full on like real goth to me. And like like it ain't it ain't a weekend thing for you. It ain't going to Club Sinister to you. It's like like you're costume is when you go when you clock into work to be a veteran or whatever like <laughs> to work on you know sick puppies or whatever or you know like that's your costume like that wearing scrubs is your costume like this is like who you really are like when you're out of that and to me like i i think that's dope like i really respect that like they like you really are like you know you know like who you say you are like you really are that I do think it's fucking whack when I know someone that's like hanging out at like fucking rock and rodeo or some shit like that. And then like all of a sudden, like they're all gothed out to like, yeah, to like front on Instagram or some shit like that. That I think is whack or like the hot topic mall goth kids or whatever. Yeah. Like that's fucking whack. But like, it's a phase. Yeah. Some of that's all like just a phase. Like they'll grow out of that shit and like, yeah, but I do think it's fucking whack when I see someone that's like, I'm going to go to old fucking Marilyn Manson cos- co- uh, concert, so i got to dress up all gothic. And it's like, dude, you don't dress like that. Like, <laughs> that's not who you are. Or those dude. people, you've said it's like few, a few Patreons ago, like where they go to like a rock concert, so they, they get- rocker concert? Yeah, they get the fucking ACDC shirt from fucking Target yeah. and the, the, the brand new fucking Chuck Taylors and whatever, and like they tie like the flannel shirt around their belly or whatnot. And it's just like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that fake shit, that poser shit. Yeah, right, that, right? that to me is like, like poser shit. Like I always think like, just be like, be who you want to be. Like be that person. Like, mm-hmm. and but, to me, like there's nothing I, I don't think, and I've, we said this on the Patreon, I think either last week or the week before, well, there's nothing wrong with being a fan of that shit, but yeah. don't feel compelled to like, oh shit, like I like Susie and the Banshee, so I gotta start putting Egyptian makeup I, on. I agree. Like when we were doing like research for this, and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna know some of these bands, but like Bauhaus, like I didn't buy this shirt just for this topic. I've had this shirt for years. Or like Joy Division, like I, the Doors are one of my favorite bands. I, I don't still don't consider them gothic, but like, yeah, like just so many bands that I'm just like a huge fan of. Like I, I love like, like you know, that era goth music and, like, dark wave and, like, you know, I wanted to give a couple of shout-outs to, like, young goth bands that I love, which would be Emma Ruth Randall. I love. If you're like, what's gothic today? I'd be like, Emma Ruth Randall, Chelsea Wolfe, Lengua Ignata, Soft Moon. Def Haven is, like, a black metal band that does, like, goth shit, which I love Def Haven. Like, mm. to me, they're like, if, you, if you're into metal, like, if you're into black metal, like, dude, that's, That's another about, topic down the road. Like <laughs> Vowels is another band I think is like Vowels is like the most like traditional. Like if you listen to Vowels, like Vowels could have you could have that shit could have come out in like eighty two and it would fit right in. But like, yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of bands that I'm, I'm a huge fan of. But I I agree with you. Like I don't think you have to like lean into that. Like I'm I listen to probably like more goth music than most people do. And like I fucking 
I'm gonna go you're wear over my there with Spurs a, jersey later on. Or yeah, and you're wearing a fucking LA Galaxy <laughs> fucking windbreaker right now and yeah, shit. And I like, think, I mean, I, if you were trying to pass yourself off as a goth or whatever, right? That that might be looked down upon. But like, you're genuinely you. I'm wearing a fucking Lakers hat and a fucking Black Sabbath shirt or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not goth, but some fucking outsider might be like, oh, oh dude, like that doesn't match or whatever. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm just doing me, whatever, right? And I think that's what I have a problem with as well. Where it's just like, okay, I'm listening to. Uh, nine inch nails, you know, early nine inch nails. I got to fucking have like the fishnet fucking stockings on my yeah. hands and shit. Like, or I'm listening to Nirvana. I got to wear flannel and fucking, you know, you, you know, you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. Just be a fan of the music and then just be you kind of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, right? Like, I, I do think it, it's awesome when people do find they do find themselves in the music, whatever, right? Like the, this whole goth rock, goth subculture, whatever, it is ba- It is based largely around the music, but it is based largely around the fashion as well, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like I, at, at the beginning I said like, you know, people don't say like, oh dude, you're new metal, like you gotta dress like Chester Bennington or something <laughs> like that, or you gotta dress like Fred Durst. Some people do, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I do think, I do think that the fashion of it is important, but but not really. At the same time, like you look at a band, like we can all agree that like Joy Division, like right, yeah. they're a goth and, band, and they or do Bauhaus not house looks like they don't look gothic at all. Like they yeah. just look like they're about to clock into their office job. Yeah, and that's the thing that like tied it back into to for me with like that girl that I went to high school with, who was like like middle class like suburban white person who like just liked the cure and like like mm-hmm. these like 80s goth bands and to me i wish i was like smarter because at that time i was very judgmental to like the people around me i was like you don't know you don't fucking know dude You're like elitist yeah i was totally elitist Gatekeeper. but 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 then like now i look back at it and i'm like that's fucking dope like like you don't have to like dress like a cartoon character or whatever mm-hmm. and like to to do it like do what you love i do think you know you know, I do think it's fucking lame when people just dress up like a costume to do it, to like go to the show or go to the yeah. club or do like, it's like, that ain't you. You're a fucking but, poser. That's poser to me. But Yeah. Yeah. And then also too, on the other end of it, but just wear, you know, the gothic fashion, but don't appreciate the music. Oh, like I, the Kim Kardashians of the world? Yeah. Cause I do, I do think that's cheesy as well. Like you can nail the fucking, you know, the fashion to a T. But if you don't appreciate the music, like it's just as bad as like cultural appropriation, right? Yeah. Because yeah. like with any with any culture, like what are you talking about Mexican culture? Like there's a there's a music, there's a food, there 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 is something or always around it. Like you got to appreciate the whole culture as a whole. And like I said, I mentioned you know that YouTube channel. I believe her name's Cadaver Kelly. Um, she was talking about that. Like you got to make the music, you know, the focal point of it. Like if you can't appreciate, you know, like Susie and the Banshees, which I appreciate them. I don't necessarily like them. Uh, yeah, Bauhaus, they're, de- they're definitely not a standout to me. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't speak to me, but it sure speaks to her. It sure speaks to a lot of goths or you know older goths and whatnot, right? Uh, you know Bauhaus. I, I do like you know the you know the Bella Lugosi's Dead, but as far as like the other music, it doesn't really speak to me. Yeah. You know Joy Division or whatever. So I'm not gonna go out of my way to fucking you know be all goth or whatever and shit yeah. because that doesn't speak to me at at all. I do love the Sisters of Mercy. But I'm not gonna like walk around with my shirt off and a leather jacket and dark shades like 24 hours a day just because I like it or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they, I, to me, like if you're gonna if you're gonna wear the the quote unquote costume, you better you better be down for both that costume and the music too. Yeah, I I agree. You should check out the Burning from the Inside album by by Bauhaus though. 
Because I do think that, I think, you know, the that album, in my opinion, even though it's like, you know, not the album that people like focus on too much, I do think that's their best album. It mm. sounds the most like modern to me. Like it almost sounds closer to like a Nine Inch Nails record. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that, if, if you told me like, oh, Nine Inch Nails is true with fill in the blank band, like, you know, and this is their album, check it out. I'd be like, oh, dude, that's going to be fucking dope to check out when like, when they open up for Nine Inch Nails, like, and then I'm like, by the way, that band is Bauhaus. Like, mm. that's the thing, like, go into it without, like, even thinking that it's Bauhaus, but, like, that album, like, just slaps, dude. Like, nice. Yeah. Um, I do want to give it. Uh, is there any other shout outs you want to give, like, you know, specific goth songs people should check out or albums? Um, yeah. I mean, that song, I mean, that album, Burning from the Inside of Bauhaus, um, that Katu Twins album, um, there is a band, you know, here's a band that I think you would like um, because they started off as like kind of a Norwegian death metal band. And this is, the, this is to me, this is the cool part of like of goth music because Norwegian death metal does have like goth elements to it. Like it's, you know, dark, sinister, mm. menacing type of things. But then they transition into like more of like a dark wave band today. Like they're still touring to this day. Uh, have you heard of the band Over? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I the funny thing about him is I only knew him as a dark wave band. And then one time I had him on shuffle on my on my Apple Music and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. And it kind of blew my mind. But definitely a band to check it's out. It's kind of like Sepultura though. They start off as like thrash and, and then all they that. go all new metal. And then they go all new metal and There's stuff. There's like DJ scratches and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, they're kind of like that. But yeah, that was one that like kind of blew my mind. I'm trying to think like Yeah, obviously like Unknown Pleasures, you got to check that ban out and you know but yeah i guess um throw some out there uh juju by Susie and the banshees i guess that's officially like their first like what's considered by the goth community their first goth album even though they had music before that uh floodland and first last and always by the sisters of mercy again a band i'd never heard of before yeah. this topic i didn't Absol- know who christian death was and that shit slaps yeah. and i fucking fell in love with their music and whatnot right so for me you know sister of mercies for art christian death you should check out a band called soft moon if you like that that was like right away when i heard that i was like dude this kind of sounds like soft moon you should check it out it's modern so it's a little more like well produced mm-hmm. i don't know you might hate it you might love it but check it out oh, i heck- like soft moon because it reminds me of like i don't want to say early nine inch nails but it, it yeah it gives me like that nine inch nails like like wearing like the bicycle shorts and leather jacket vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have the skin tone for yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, we mentioned the cure a million times art. You mentioned pornography, uh, but there's also an album called disintegration and faith. Yeah. Those two al- other albums as well. Uh, joy division. There's an album, which is considered the best goth album of all time. Closer, uh, unknown pleasures as well. Uh, and then Bauhaus, uh, albums that kept coming up in the flat field as well as mass kept coming up as well. Mm. So if uh, you want to know what goth, you know, classic goth is, check those out as well yeah. as arts recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. Check them all out. I mean, y- you know, I like, I like what, what would be considered new goth as well. So you mm-hmm. check those out. And that's a big thing too. Like, I mean, you look at a genre like new metal or thrash metal or even industrial, right? Yeah. They kind of like have like their explosion period and they kind of die off and then like a band might throw an album or two out. The thing about consistently with goth is it's always kind of just like lived, like just like it's always been a thing. Yeah, it's never like gotten too outrageously popular, 
you know, it did kind of like in the 90s or whatever, but it still like maintained like its popularity, which is amazing considering how many generations it yeah. has passed the torch to. One of the, like, I'll give you th- this story. I remember, I think it was 2013 or 14. Um, it was when I first got into Chelsea Wolf, and I was like, dude, she's like legit. Like Chelsea Wolf is like mixing like elements of like goth with like folk rock with like sludge metal, which mm-hmm. was to me was just like, insane and i remember she was doing like a kind of an indie tour because she was still kind of a younger up-and-coming artist and she was playing fresno and she was only playing satan- satanic churches which was like dope i was like this is like <laughs> so goth so like i went to go see her at like the fresno satanic church and i was like it was cool because there was only like probably like 45 people there and i was like this is like legit like this is cool and like fast forward now like she's blowing up up, doing soundtracks like you know like i think she's she's working with like um queens of the stone age like she went on tour with queens of the stone age i think she opened up for like mastodon and some acts yep and like just different things like that even emma ruth randall i saw emma ruth randall open up for cult of luna which i think is like nice touch that like metal bands are like blending their elements of like goth rock and like things like that where it's like emma ruth randall did a i don't want to say an acoustic set but uh, she opened up for, for Cult of Luna, which is, like, a pretty heavy-ass band. And she just went up there with, like, an electric guitar, and that's it. No other instrument, which is different for her because that's not what her music sounds like. But, you know, it kind of pushes the genre forward. Even, like, a, a Deaf Heaven where it was, like, they they kind of went from, like, being, like, like, indie black metal to, like, their newest album sounds like, like, what if the Beatles were goth? Like, like it's just kind of weird. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's a really weird, like progressive album. I like how it's infiltrated and cross pollinated with other musical genres. I dig that. I, you know, like I like where like new goth is or whatever, but again, I'm not like the most like well-versed person. Like I'm not hanging out at like club sinister or going to like, those shows. So there might be like a bunch of bands. I don't even know. about. Oh yeah. That's why I told you before we start recording, I'm going to rely on you a little bit more heavily, but Um, I do think it is like beautiful, like how this like small genre, like kind of has like its fingertips in all of popular culture without being, you know, I know we mentioned Nirvana like a million times where it's just like this star that just kind of exploded or whatever. It just kind of always maintained like it's, it's permeation into popular culture to hell. I mean, Batman. You know, I mentioned The Undertaker and whatnot, like all these like classic. The new, the new Batman, the Robert Patterson Batman, where he's all gothed well, out. Well, even the Tim Burton one. Yeah. You know, like you know, to me, like we we just watched Batman Returns with my son, and he fucking loved it. And I was like, damn, this is like a fucking dark ass fucking yeah. movie or whatever. Like, obviously, Tim Burton, you know, has a lot of gothic influences and yeah. shit. And it's just like it's funny to see like the biggest show that TV show that this last year or whatnot was Wednesday Adams or whatnot, mm-hmm. right? One of the biggest Christmas slash Halloween movies of all time, the nightmare before Christmas, a creation of Tim Burton or whatnot. Right. Yeah. So it's for me, like it's, 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 it's beautiful to see like the small thing just have so much influence in every corner of popular culture. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. I dig that there's like little like goth elements or whatever. And then like, I feel like now it's so cross pollinated that you can like things like a, like a Chelsea Wolf or something, or like like 
a new order, whatever. You can like certain elements and hate other elements because it's oh, like that I, ain't for me. Kind yeah, of thing. I I do not like the cure whatsoever. Yeah, you, <laughs> could, be, you could be like, oh, I hate you don't you don't like Manson either. I don't consider Manson to, like there's goth elements in Manson's music. Yeah, like Nine Inch Nails that kept coming up, and I was like, I don't consider them goth. Yeah. and I think a lot of goths would agree with me. Yeah, on I it. don't consider them goth. Or, and Ministry came up a few times, but I'm like, I, don't, I definitely don't consider them goth. And, but it's just like, yeah, I don't see it, but I see the the. The, 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 there's the influence there, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Great topic. This is Jacob's idea. Surprisingly, huh? this is a no. It was fucking great, great topic. I, I I dug it. One thing I will say, I think you were saying something like, "Oh, we should." It would be a slam dunk if we ever covered uh, um, gangster rap. And I was like, I, I thought about that. You said that as I was leaving, I think last week. And then I was like, to give you guys a little peel behind the curtain. But then I was like, you would be fucking great. I was also thinking like, you know, like no wave music is super weird. I'd be kind of interested in covering like a no wave episode. But then I was like, dude, let's just stop beating around the bush, dude. We got to cover country music. We both (laughs) fucking hate country music. I fucking hate country music. I think it's like detestable, dude. Like, yes, I'd rather fucking like go to the dmb and like <laughs> fucking like whatever they ask for at go the to DM- the proctologist and yeah shit. it's like yeah. i'd rather go to the fucking wasco dmb and like <laughs> like i'm trying to think of like some like ghetto ass dmb like <laughs> and wait there for my number wait three hours for my number dude like then then listen to country that's music. actually a great idea you know it might open we might find our that sis- should be our april fool's episode <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying dude. that's right around the corner too yeah yeah Anyways, guys, you got anything else? No, that's it. All right. So with that said, guys, uh, if you want to get at us, if you are a goth proper or uh, not a goth proper, if you just have anything you want to add to this, you want to get at us, guys, hit us up on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Goddamn, son. Goth, not goth. Sometimes that's just how a steak is done. Uh, but anyways, guys, uh, if you want to help support this podcast, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to the Patreon over at patreon.com slash America, where every single week we put together a bonus episode for your listening pleasure. And nine times out of ten, those episodes over there on the Patreon are actually better than the episode that you're getting here for free. So if you like us here, you'll love us over there. So head on over there, donate $1, $10, $5, whatever you want to donate, guys. It goes a long way in helping this show uh, continue. Um, <clears throat> but with that said, guys, uh, if you want to help us in any other way, guys, I highly recommend heading on over uh, to the official website at orangejacobdoamerica.com. Follow the merch links. Uh, we currently have four designs up there. Uh, and it's not so much to help us monetarily, as I always say, because uh, we probably see a couple cents from any purchase made over there. Uh, but it does help promote the podcast. So if you're our buddies or your fans and you go to Club Sinister or the Beetle House or any <laughs> other goth club or the Resurgence, of the Bat Cave, guys. Uh, some goths will probably see that shirt and be like, "Let me check out this podcast." Uh, you know, I'm kind of sick of hearing pornography by The Cure for the yeah. millionth time. I want, I need a break. I hear these two idiots talk about goth music and judge them profusely. Uh, that will help us, guys. That always scares me when we cover these things, and I'm like, "Oh, dude, some like real fucking." I almost goth, like, like I texted you. I almost uh, sent out the bat signal. Uh, to uh, Sam Sharon to be like, hey, you haven't came on the podcast in a while. I know you want to do some more shit with us, but that's super intimidating because he's an intimidating guy, and I know I'll fumble over my words, and he is super well-spoken, and he is super goth as shit. 
So I was like, well, let 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 me let it let me and Art just 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 carry this one for now. But uh, yeah, check him out too. He's an amazing dark artist. I love him to death. I need to buy more of his paintings. Um, I I want to get the one where it's like the RC dog. You know, the he, he's looking into the the phonograph. Mm. And he made a painting where it's the dog looking into the phonograph and its head's blown off from like the music. Oh yeah, like, that's cool. Dude, I love that one. So go check that out. He's also got some HP Lovecraft over there. That's yeah. that. <laughs> that I, I also feel like I talk too much shit about Porcupine Tree, and I'm probably gonna get a bunch of Porcupine Tree fans. Yeah. Me. What, what are they gonna do? <laughs> what are they gonna do? Wear their monocle? Throw <laughs> their monocles at me? <laughs> They're gonna throw their hymn ninja stars at you yeah. and shit. Anyways, guys, uh, if you want to hear other great podcasts, guys, head on over to Podbelly.com where we're your official members. Uh, check out our boys at the Self King Podcast as well as Hillbilly Horror Stories and Robots Fries. Well, with that said, guys, I'm done. Art's done. You got anything else one more time? No, on? that's it. All right, so with that said, guys, goodbye and good night. Good night. Hello, my fellow Americans. Today I'm going to do you a huge favor. I will teach you how to lay a big titty goth chick. Step one, go to the local hottest spot in your town. Step two, identify your target. Step three, approach your target and tell her how much you enjoyed Behemoth's latest album. Learn the names of three of their songs in advance in case she suspects you are a fraud. Playfully shit on the band she likes and tell her it isn't real music. Step four, ask how old she is. Step five, if the age dynamic is illegal or unethical and you are still aroused, you are a pedophile. Resist temptation, go home, spank yourself a few times, and beg God to rid your mind of sinful thoughts. If this does not work, commit yourself to a psych ward and tell them you require treatment for pedophilic tendencies. Step six, omit step five if the age dynamic is legal and ethical. Step seven, after acquiring her number, text her to come over and watch a movie together. Step eight, when she arrives, play morbid videos. If you manage to find a real video of necrophilia with a corpse being fucked, she will undress by default and no further riz will be required. Step nine, mama ain't raised no bitch and the target must be pleased to whatever extremity she desires. Allow her to perform any sexual act she wishes, no questions asked. If she stabs you during intercourse, leave the knife in until she finishes and then immediately apply pressure to increase your chances of survival. Step 10, only go to the hospital if you require immediate medical assistance and bear in mind that doing so will terminate the target's attraction to you. Step 11, so long as you continue to fulfill her extremities, the target is yours. Step 12, if you wish to terminate the relationship, ensure your house is blessed by a priest to mitigate any effects when she hexes you. Ensure you pray every night for a few months until the revenge window concludes. That will be all. Good luck and may God bless the United States of America. Listen like that, Anna. It's like this. Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.